singing we came to party this morning you know what I mean um, we, we sang in this song uh, would you be free would you be free from your burden of sin there's power in the blood and you know there's there's usually two ways this not power in the blood that we try to gain freedom one of those ways it's not power in the blood we say we want to be free from our guilt so we'll just find out all the rules will follow all those rules and then God deserves, he, he has to bless me now. That's not power in the blood. And then another way we'll try to do it, we say, you know what? There's just no such thing as sin. Look, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we'll be free from this burden of sin. That's not power in the blood either though. Some, some of us try religion and try irreligion, but Jesus offers a third and much better way. This is what Jesus did. He lived the life that I should have and that you should have. And then he died the death that I should have died. 
and you should have died. And then he makes this incredible exchange, my life for his, his life for mine. Is that incredible? <laughs> Watch what happens when you live this way. It's not about what I do. It's not about me, but I turn my attention to Jesus. I say, Lord, thank you. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, that you have bestowed, you've just lavished love on us and grace on us, your children. You gave it to us when we did not deserve it. We did not earn our place here in your presence. You made a way so that we could be reconciled to you, God. And so, Lord, we want to lift our attention from the things of this world and the things of this earth and lift our eyes to you from where comes our help. Lord, we want to lift you up this morning. Let's sing together. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me.
Everybody sing. And all my life, to like cry in front of y'all, you know what I mean? But I can look at you and see some of you who lift your hands and say, oh, it's, I've, I've seen it. Every day he was faithful again. Today we woke up and we, we, didn't, we weren't sure if he was going to be faithful, but yet again he was faithful. I love to see you sing lift up your voice to Jesus. I love the fact that we recognize that it wasn't us who made a step toward him first, but he came to us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. So this is our response. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything, your goodness. Your goodness is running after It's running after me, your goodness. Your goodness is running after It's running after me, your goodness. Your goodness is running after It's running after your turn, Clem, but I'm not ready to be done. Is that okay with you? Is there is power, power, wonder working in the... You gotta sing, come on. Oh, it's beautiful when we lift our voices together. There is
guys pray with us? Father, we love you so much, and we thank you that all of our days, Lord, you have been faithful, even when we don't see it. And Lord, I know that in a, in a room this size, there's obviously times in our lives, there's, there's people in this room, Lord, who say, yeah, I do know he's faithful, but I, maybe I can't just see it right now. And so Lord, we, we just want to remind one another in this moment, Lord, even if we don't see your hand at work, it has never stopped working. So, Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness that you show us, your children, not because we deserve it, not one else, but because you've lavished your love on us in Jesus. Lord, and I pray in his name that you would speak to us clearly as Clint preaches this morning, that you would open our ears, that you would create good soil for this word to land on, that it would produce 30 and 60 and 90 fold results in our lives, that we would glorify your son, Jesus, in this community. We pray it in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for singing with us. You can have a seat this morning. Amen. 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 I, I got notes here, but I just, the goodness of God through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is is just it's running through my veins right now and and I can't help but stop for just a moment and, and talk about this goodness of God and and how God works the fact that my brother Casey is here I've been praying about this for quite some time that him and I would would be able to to stand and serve the Lord together uh, from way back when I don't know if you remember this but many years ago uh, I was just a uh, well I'm, yeah I'm nothing anyway but we were teaching Sunday school here and we had this event and I think Casey you came in and led worship and for some reason it, you got you drifted over to the piano and started playing this song and and I think I spoke that morning and and ever since then I've been I've been wanting to to come back and and, and do worship together with my brother who who we get to do life together in a lot of different ways and 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 I'm thinking about the goodness and, and I'm thinking yeah that's great and that's good but that's nothing the goodness I'm talking about the goodness we just sang about is the fact that a holy sovereign God sent his perfect son to die on a cross for you and me and there's power in that blood because he shed his blood and that that blood has the power that can save a wretch like me and that song is so, so important to me in my life. And I remember probably eight, nine years ago, uh, I'm driving to Savannah to speak at an FCA event. And I went through Statesboro, Georgia to spend some time with a baseball team as I'd played baseball there many years ago. And, and it was just, I remember it like yesterday, and I was just reminded of it this morning as I'm, I'm sitting there in Statesboro, Georgia, and I'm pulling out of Statesboro, and I'm headed to Savannah to spend the night and speak the next day. And... And I realized that I'm sitting at a red light in almost the exact location where in 1994, because of my choices, because of my sin, because of the things I was doing in my life, a man lost his life because of my choices. And I'm sitting in this spot and I'm freaked out because Satan came at me so hard. I'm in my truck. I'm in Statesboro, Georgia. I got a wife and kids back home. Uh, uh, there's a liquor store right there. I could do whatever I wanted to do and nobody would know. And I'm sitting here and man, old, old Christian Stanfield came on and I started hearing this song about the goodness of God and how good he is. You're so, so good. And then just the goodness of all of that. I tried to call Michelle. She didn't answer the phone because I need to talk to somebody. 
Uh, you know, I didn't know who else to call because I was headed down the wrong path. But, but there's power in that blood because by that, it, not by accident, that song came on. And, and I ended up just feeling the goodness of God and the power of his blood and the resurrection and the fact that I'm a child of his. And, man, I drove on to Savannah and, and uh, well, I just relished in him and got up and shared the next day and souls were saved and, Man, the goodness of God does that. So as we sang that this morning, I thought about that, and, and I just want you to know how excited I am to be here uh, this morning to worship with you in the house as we continue uh, in, in Ephesians 6. We're going to be in verses 1 through 4, but I want to read the verse that I've encouraged and challenged each and every one of you to read each and every day as we're finishing up this. I asked the question last week. I'm not going to ask it again, but for those who may be visiting, it's Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. A few weeks ago, God just put this on my heart in a powerful way that if we're standing and we're declaring the goodness of God in his word and we're talking as this group of believers that we are here at 3368 White Sulphur Road in the community that we're in and if we're really wanting to hear from God how we who were once lost and alienated from God but then Verse 4 of chapter 2, but God did something amazing, and we've been saved, and we, we've grown together, and we're here together. If we want to see anything done, this is the text, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we even asked or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And I'm praying that each and every day over you. I'm praying that over my life. I want to encourage you to do that because what we're going to talk about today, what we're going to continue with when this submissive relationship process that it comes from followers of children, it's going to have to be him. Because I have struggled this week, I struggled last week, I've struggled this week that I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to preach to you this morning what God has given us uh, as we're halfway through the Apostle Paul's instructions to us regarding how to walk worthy of the calling to which we were called in relationships. And last week we talked about the husband and the wife in a, a marriage that is submission to Christ and to one another and what that looks like. Now this week we get to, to, we get to move to the family. And I've struggled because I messed this up all the time. And man, I've been convicted and I've been burdened and I'm like, how can I stand and share what God has given us in his word on how we... Uh, or to have a relationship within our family when I'm so messed up at it. But there's power in the blood. And we just want to share this morning what, what God has given us because the problem that we can and often have with this section, with this text, is that due to its difficulty in applying it in our lives, it's, it's often ignored or seen as something optional. Satan has deceived our minds uh, of so many believers into thinking uh, of obedience to these commands is only necessary when it's easy. The moment difficulty and hostility enter the relationship 
between a husband and a wife or a parent and a child or a boss and an employee, as we'll talk about next week, these, these commands are often just cast aside is really just impossible ideals that some guy named Paul wrote in a book. And that's the way we treat it. We've, we've said we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord. So these commands really are where the rubber hits the road or meets the road. Faith and obedience are a growth process, no question. There's no denying that. But these commands regarding marriage, family, and work relationships are so often to test to see really whether or not we believe and trust in this man named Jesus and what he wants to do in our lives. So again, today we're going to focus on the family. Um, I believe as a whole, families are one of the most broken aspects in our community and our world. Our culture, if you will. Godly families, I do believe, are tools for fruitfulness that God uses throughout the community and the world. But other times, families are just breeding ground for the spread of disorder and selfishness. Hear me out. Often times, families are just breeding grounds for the spread of disorder and selfishness. I pray, I believe that, that, that we want it to be said in this body of believers that our families, though we are very imperfect, are sources of light in this dark world in which we live. Did y'all hear? I, I, I said, though we are imperfect, but there's power in the blood. There's goodness there. So this is continuing again, Apostle Paul's teaching about how we are to walk worthy. We talked about that a few weeks ago. All these many types of walking that he calls us, but the one walk worthy of our calling with this new identity we have been given in Christ. Paul is showing us that God cares about what happens in our lives even behind closed doors. Paul continues from chapter 5 again in, in these directions for godly relationships in the family by, by turning his attention and turning our attention today into this, this submission, submission, yielding as we talked last week uh, for using for the word submission because a lot of people think that, that, that uh, using the word submission usually means something really, really bad and our culture goes with that. But this is the text, so this submission, this yielding for children and parents. So Christ, and he sets in front of us in his text uh, before our eyes the beauty of such submission. We see it in uh, Jesus in spectacular glory of self-sacrifice in John 12. Just go read that, John 12, 12 through 26, and you see it. Paul is going to help us today to understand how we can be pleasing to God as children and as parents through this yielding of our will to the Lord. Because that's what it's all about. So if you would, stand with me. The text is going to be on the screen. Just four verses. I'll read kind of fast, not too fast. But if you will, we're in Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray, Lord. We thank you for this text, this word. 
We thank you for your goodness, your love for us when we are unlovable. Help us today as we just look at the text and apply it to our life in a way that radically changes us because you, you're in the changing business. And we thank you for that. Be with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So, children, right out of the gate, I love it. Obey your parents. Last week, it was wives, submit to your husbands. It's just it's a great lead in. But children are to listen and obey their parents. Walking worthy of our calling means that children will do what they're told to do by their parents. Look at me, those of you who are Snapchatting and Instachatting on this middle row right here, you young people. I don't know if y'all doing that. I just want you to look at me. Do you hear what I said? Children are to obey their parents. Now, as children, look at me, particularly, we love those babies crying. One of them is my grandson. It's awesome. It's a beautiful sound. Look at me because y'all used to do the same thing. So children, particularly teenage children, we usually do not like to do what our parents tell us to do. Can I get an agreement? A yes, a nod of the head. Listen, I'm 49 years old, 49, look at me, 49 years old, almost 50. I got a mom sitting back there somewhere. She still likes to tell me what to do. I don't like it, but guess what? We're supposed to do what our parents tell us to do. I hope she's back there because she's not, that'd be weird, but I think she's stuck in. So anyway, uh, so we're supposed to do what our parents tell us to do. We don't want to obey them. We want to be independent and go our own way. But Paul does not say that you do what your parents do or say only when you like it. Knowing that what we want to do? I mean, if, if you're told to do something like, hey, go, uh, go get on a four-wheeler, uh, CJ, go get on your four-wheeler, it's out of gas, need some gas for the golf cart and the lawnmower, and just put gas cans on the back of your four-wheeler and head up Harmony Church Road to the gas station, fill out all up with gas, just see how fast you can go up the road. Now, you would like to do that, right? He would be all over it. But do I tell him, no, you can't ride your four-wheeler to the gas station, as he has asked many times. He don't like it. So, so again, but we're supposed to do what we're supposed, even when we don't like it. Children are to obey their parents. Why? The text says because this is right. This is the way God created this relationship between parent and child. Not me, this is what God said. This is the way God wants us to be, wants it to be. Obedience to our parents is our service, submission, and worship to Christ. Not your parents submission to that listening to that, that's our worship to christ you do not obey your parents simply because they're bigger than you they have all the authority they have all this and, and, and you know and they have this over you you obey your parents what does the text say in the lord in the lord you're serving the lord through your obedience the holman which i love we use with fca a lot reads children obey your parents as you would the lord Think about that. That's huge. Being pleasing to the Lord is obeying your curfew. Being pleasing to the Lord is cleaning your room and doing your homework with all the other chores that you're given. Children, you must recognize that you're not merely rebelling against your parents when you don't do what they tell you to do. You're rebelling against God. Now, Verses 2 and 3 shifts to honoring your father and mother. Paul continues with the fact that obedience to our parents reflects our relationship with God. 
Children are to honor their father and mother. And in, in, in what is the main way that children honor their parents? You honor through obedience. That is the main way. You show honor when you listen to them, when you don't argue, when you do as they say. Paul gives a very practical reason why you need to honor your parents. Like it or not, your parents have wisdom in life. Now, we're talking about godly parents here. That's who Paul's writing this to. They have wisdom for life. Your life will go better when you listen to their counsel. Now, who in here has been a child who has not listened to counsel of a wise parent? All right. Look around. Go ahead and raise your hand, Lane. And I know you, you, right there, you was not being obedient then. Just go ahead. So, yeah. So, who in here also um, has, is a parent, an adult parent, who doesn't like to listen to their adult parent? Okay. You didn't always pay attention and obey your mom, Kurt. Not always. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, There's a couple of us. Landon and Kurt. You two guys just y'all rebelling right now. But again, we this is this is gonna happen. This is life, but God has given us through Paul's writing here what we need to do because again, you 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 the very it's like it or not, your parents have wisdom, and, and your parents are gonna always have the best interests of their children in mind and heart. Many many times children we don't, you don't, we don't believe this or recognize this but it's true parents would give their lives for their children and you who don't have children you will know that one day i never believed that when i was younger Ah, eh, you say that but would you really now as a parent no question no question no question so again if parents would give their lives to their children, we don't want them to suffer great harm in life. The rules and instruction that are given for, to you as children are good. Your parents are trying to keep you from having, uh, uh, from having lots of heartache. There were, listen, us parents, we were young at one time, and we understand many of the things that you're going through in life. We know it's a different world this day and age than it was when I was younger, but we do understand that there's things you're going through in life that, that are not easy. So listen to your parents because they have wisdom and life experience that can be very, very valuable when you listen to them. And their instructions are given from experience. But I want to focus on honoring our parents as something greater than simply obedience, okay? Honor carries it with this, this notion of respect. Showing our parents respect, honoring them for who they are in our lives because this is right. Jesus condemned the Pharisees who were adults in Matthew 15 for breaking this commandment when they failed to financially care for their parents. I mean, he came after them hard. They've been giving all their money to God, this religion, instead of taking care of their parents. This example of what not to do teaches us that honoring our parents does not have an age requirement. I needed to hear that this week. I did. I respect and care for our parents does not end. And as children, I think we can agree that this isn't always easy because parents don't always act like they deserve this honor. Let's just be honest. There's children in here right now, and if you're here, that means that you have parents because at some point in time, you were born to parents. And sometimes parents act very dishonorably very and you're telling me to respect them 
That's tough. But yes, I'm telling you to respect them. We can still show that level of respect and care because these are our parents. No matter how flawed they may be, we can be respectful with people that we don't always agree with and people that have hurt us. And I believe God is telling us that this is true with our parents as well. We do not have an excuse to act sinfully toward them regardless of their actions. We do not have an excuse to act sinfully. That means not pleasing to God, dishonoring God towards our parents, no matter what they have done. And, and th this is just the text. So children, let's, let's obey and let's respect our parents. And now I'm thankful I get to turn to us fathers because we need to hear it too. And, and Paul is very good right here in verse four, said, do not provoke your children to anger. Since children are to obey in everything, Fathers must not provoke their children to anger. It's important to notice here that, that fathers are directed in this command. Paul knows how to say parents because he did so in verse 1, but, but here he is talking to fathers. I don't believe that Paul is saying that mothers are allowed to provoke their children to anger. I don't believe that, but he specifically singles out fathers at this point. And I believe there's two reasons for that. First, we noticed that husbands last week when we were in Ephesians 5, that they are to be the head of the marriage. They are responsible. Now, the two become one. We talked in great detail about this last week. The husband doesn't lord over the wife. He doesn't command her. The husband is head of the household. He has responsibility, but he receives that honor, and he's in that honor as he submits and yields to his wife and treats her as Christ treats the church. So it's a beautiful picture of that. So first, we notice that, that, that he, the father, is head of the family, and therefore responsible and accountable for what happens within the family. Fathers have the ultimate accountability concerning their children. Too many times fathers allow this and they're pushed to the sidelines. This is not right. Fathers are to have an active role in the family, particularly raising the children as they are the head and they are responsible. Secondly, fathers are going to be challenged to not act in anger towards the children. There's a reason God says this to men, I believe, and the intention seems clear that this is an issue that we must be aware of. Fathers are going to have the temptation and be provoked to provoke their children in anger. It just happens. It is in me. I can't explain it, but it is, and this is so true. Children will test our patience. Taylor, can I get amen? Amen. I, I liken children, y'all listen to me here. Y'all know what I'm talking about, you teenagers, you unruly teenagers. I'm kidding, you, you teenagers, not unruly. I liken children, everybody seen the movie uh, Jurassic Park? Yeah, there you go. I got a yeah up front. Y'all remember those velociraptors? What would they do? Running around doing what to the fence? Testing it, seeing where it was weak. Children, bunch of velociraptors. They just going around, they testing, were you weak? 
Matt? Amen. Absolutely. So they do that because I know I did that. As I've thought about that this week and prayed over it, I believe that. They're always testing the fence. Children, they're going to test your authority. They're going to do it. There's no question. But the answer to this is not to provoke them to anger. This command rules out excessively severe discipline. I've been there as a child. No fun. You know, the old adage was, well, we're going to beat it out of them. You know what I mean? It's just the way it was because that's the way he was treated, and that's the way his dad was treated. That's the way his dad was treated. You know, so, but, but biblically, we're not to do that. And the consequences can't be so severe. Unreasonably harsh demands, abuse of authority, being unfair, nagging, humiliating them, and being insensitive to them. Children are people in their own right and are not to be manipulated, exploited, or crushed. Fathers, did you hear me there? Children are people. Even though they're velociraptors sometimes and they're trying to get you, at the end of the day, they're not to be manipulated, exploited, or crushed. And if you've ever disciplined your child as a father, and I can speak to this, and man, when it crushes them, how crushed I am, you know? So, so again, we've got to be sensitive to this so that we don't do that. We're to love them as we are loved by God the Father. How justified would he be, God the Father in heaven, in treating me <laughs> worse than he does? How justified? What do I deserve, Bobby? These blessings, this goodness of God. I deserve none of it, but yet he loves me. He does discipline me, but he loves me in a way that is best for me even though I don't see it sometimes, and I believe that's where we are here. But unfortunately, too often, we, we let it swing the other way, and, and, and basically, children run the household. We see it. The children control the family. What the child wants is what the family does. But in the text, children are not the head of the family. The children are not in charge. The answer to the challenge of parenting is not to let the children do what they want. Verse 4 tells the fathers that they are to raise these children to help prevent provoking our children to anger. Let us say no with a reason. Let's give a reason. Perhaps the most aggravating thing in this world is to be told no. Well, why? Just no. Silence. I hate that. First of all, I don't like being told no, but I understand I deserve and need to be told no. But at least give me a reason. And sometimes children need that because, again, uh, no without a good reason. Why? It's tough because obviously I'm talking about an age for children that they can be reasoned with, okay? When they're two years old or younger, that's almost impossible. We kept our grandson last night and, you know, stop crying, Cash, because it just is too loud. I'm trying to watch football. It don't work. I mean, he's three months old. You know what I'm saying? So, so again, don't stand in front of the TV. I mean, you know, but anyway, sorry. I just, I mentioned football and TV in the same sentence. I didn't mention my chair because you like sitting in my chair watching that. But anyway. 
Saturday afternoon. Um, but you and your word must simply be enforced. But that must change with their growth. Explain our thinking for our teachings. Explain our purpose for our rules and instructions to our children. The reason you cannot stay out past midnight, nothing good happens after midnight. That's all you got to say. I want you home at 11. Well, why can't I stay out to 1? Nope. All right. But I want to. Okay, be home at 10. Oh, no, no, 11's good, right? But, but again, so we've got to give them a reason because there's nothing good happening after midnight. First of all, it's dangerous. Been out on the streets after midnight, bad things happen, right? Sin abounds. The reason you have chores from your parents is so that you will learn responsibility. So when I ask you to take out the trash, clean your room so you can learn responsibility, right? Because they're going to say, well, why do I need to clean my room? Because I told you to. Okay, you need to learn responsibility. Take care of what you've been blessed with. So use these things. The reasons we do is for the responsibility. And we don't want our children to be, uh, to be someone who's growing up to be lazily, uh, lazy and, and useless, do we? I mean, isn't that to complain about this younger generation that we've all parented? They're just lazy. Lay around, don't want to do nothing. Well, we're raising them. What are we going to do about it? Think about it. You know, they, there's this saying, Tammy, they call them helicopter parents, right? Tammy, was you a helicopter parent? One shook their head, no, one laughed. So that's somewhere in between, okay? So, so a helicopter parent is a parent that just hovers over their children, right? Just always taking care of things, right? Well, you know that's changed now. They really don't call them helicopter parents. They're snowplow parents. Move everything out of the way for their kids, just easy like Sunday morning, right? But that's what, that's what we do as parents, and that is an injustice to our children. So again, we don't want them to grow up to be lazy and useless. I want my children to have skills for life and not be incompetent. Parents, we have a job to raise our children so that when they do become adults, they can live life and not be dependent upon us. Boy, wouldn't that be nice, wouldn't it? Anybody got adult children in here? Uh-huh, right? Okay. So, yeah, Chip's raising his hand. Deborah's just saying, here, Chip, go pay for something else. It don't matter. <laughs> I love that. There's nothing like going on a golf trip with uh, Chip and Justin and Matt. When you walk into PGA Superstore, Deborah said it's okay. Here we go. I'm just kidding. Not really. But anyway, so, uh, so again, but, but yeah, having adult children, and, but we want to raise them so that they can be dependent and not, I mean, be independent and not dependent on us. Teach them how to live life and to function in this world. Do not shelter them from the things that they must learn because they're going to be adults one day and they need life skills. This world, we live in it. So we've got to be able to do that. And as parents, we should be training them. So again, in verse 4, fathers bring up children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I love where Paul goes here. You don't provoke them to anger, but raise up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The word discipline speaks to the activity of education. That's what it's talking about here. It's speaking to the activity of this education. Some translations read training. Uh, the instruction is the verbal aspect of the education. So therefore, fathers must verbally train and instruct their children by getting up off the couch and being a father. Get up out of your chair, Clint, and be a father. 
because I'm to train and instruct by my actions. Words followed by actions, not just words and not just actions. Both are necessary. So how are fathers to raise the children? The children are to be brought up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's in the text. What's the most important thing that you, me, my wife, Michelle, can teach our children? I've asked this question about every day this week. What is the most important thing that I can teach my children? And I believe the most important thing that I can teach my children in words and in actions is to love the Lord. That's the most important thing I can teach them. Now I do that in many different ways. How do I love my wife? How do I love, my, how do I love them? How do I love those in need? And that's part of this instruction. Teach them in the ways of the Lord. Our teaching to our children in words and actions, they go together, must be based on the Lord's instructions. Are you in it? Are you in it? Are you spending time in it? Because it's all right here. I was in that Bible study with those old men on Friday morning that just love coming back at me. And I love that as we talk. And I'm trying to talk from my side. And yeah, I just get put in my place. It's so good. But we, we dove off into James 1 again. First sermon I ever preached many years ago was James 1, 22, 23, 24. But in that text, it says, be what? Doers of the word, not just hearers. And then it likens the Word of God to something that we all used this morning, a mirror. Look in a mirror and it shows you what you are. This is something that we must be in. So we must be teaching them in words and action based on the Lord's instruction. Teach them to love God. My goal as a parent, as a father, is not to teach them to be good students good artists, good athletes, or any other physically worldly design. My purpose given to me by God is to train my children and instruct my children to simply love Jesus, first and foremost, period. Now, those other things are great. You, you need to help your child. You don't need, but, but again, first and foremost, it's got to be to love Jesus, Teach them what God says. Teach them to obey God. Teach them that God is everything and God is the only thing that truly matters in this life here on earth. Words and actions are required to do this. We have to teach our children to um, the, the Word of God. We have to teach our children by actions that God is the one who matters. Our attendance to Sunday school or Bible studies and worship shows that this is, is, is the most clear way that we can teach them is by we do it. We must show them, hear me out, and I'm getting ready to close. We must show them that we desire God 
and find our joy in serving and worshiping and giving thanks to him. Hear me out. We must show our children that we desire God and find our joy in worshiping and serving and giving thanks to him. What we are doing is not an activity as if God is something to do. And so often we miss that. Our relationship with God can become robotic. It is something we do each and every week. Heather, you know where you're going to be next Sunday. Lord willing, you're going to be in church. But, but, but it can't be just a, a, a something we do. It's got to be who we are, our desire uh, of getting closer to God and our joy is in this. We, we desire these things because this is the whole of life and our source of joy. So as I was praying through and, and even looking over this, I kind of kidded with Casey yesterday. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to go back and study a little more. I might have to pull this. No, I, I just knew that I needed to finish some things up. And so if, if, if my desire, and I'm to show my children that, that, that I'm desiring God and, and showing them that I find my joy in him, Man, I love the word joy. I didn't say happiness, I said joy. Because joy comes from the Lord. Brother Dole, you know that. You preached it a hundred times over the years. That's where our joy comes from. So I'm reminded of a few years ago, and man, I went here, and I just had a, time, a good time with the Lord um, last night, and, and even more so this morning. But I was reminded of Colossians, Brother Mike. We went through that study a few years ago, and Colossians 1, 11 through 14 says, being strengthened with all power, this is Paul's prayer for the, the Colossians, being strengthened with all power according to his, God's glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So again, feeling very inadequate to, to even talk about this text because I know as a parent, I mess up. I know as a parent, I'm gonna continue to mess up. As a father, I'm not gonna lead right. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna do things that maybe provoke my children to anger. And I'm praying through that, and I know that my goal is to not do those things, to, to, that I want to, in actions and words, train them and show them that the greatest thing they could do is to simply love Jesus. And I was reminded when I talked about that I should be desiring God and, and that my joy comes from him in this text, because a few years ago I had lost my joy. And I wasn't a good husband. I was not a good father because I'd lost my joy. And then I was reminded on a way to do something that I should not have been doing, that I had stopped doing some 17 years previous, where my joy came from. I, with joy, I give thanks to God the Father in heaven because he has included me in the inheritance of the saints, in the light. I got the greatest news in the history of the world living inside of me. 
Jesus Christ saved me, a wretched, lost, undone sinner. There's my joy, Nelson. And man, if I'm enjoying that and my joy is in that and I'm walking in that, they're going to see it. My wife's going to, we're going to keep walking in that. And that's the power that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. These words saved me from my own destruction just a few years ago. In other words, my Father in heaven took me out back behind the woodshed, wore me out a little bit, trained me up a little bit, showed me what I need to be doing and where I should find my joy always. As the guys come on back up and, and we, we close this thing down, I want to encourage you with this thought again. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Walking worthy of the calling means honoring our parents and teaching our children in the Lord. God cares about life in the home. God cares about how we handle ourselves as children. As children, we serve Christ when we obey our parents and honor them. God cares about how we handle ourselves as parents. We serve Christ when we raise our children, not the way in which we think is best, but the way in which God says is best. Train them in the most important education you could ever train them, and that is the education of walking worthy of the calling to which we're called. God is in the changing business. We've already talked about that and prayed about that this morning. God desires for us to walk this way. And the only way we're able to walk is if we let his power be the one leading us. The only way we can do these things is if we surrender our will to his lordship. And that comes through a relationship with him. Because I can't surrender and, and be the head of my marriage and, 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 and love my wife, love Michelle the way I should if I can't surrender to the Lord. I can't do what I'm called to do as a father and as a parent and love them the way they deserve to be loved even when they're unlovable if I hadn't at one point in my life known what God has done for me and how unlovable I am God is the only one that can do that so this morning I don't know where you're at I don't know what you come in here this, this morning bringing I know we've got some real young parents. We've got some real young children. We've got some parents that the child has, hasn't even breathed the breath of air in this world yet, but they're coming. We've got a lot of that going on in there. So we got some older parents. We got some grandparents. We got some great grandparents. We got all kinds of people up in here this morning. And the whole premise of this whole thing is are you willing? to submit.
and it comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray, they're going to sing, and if you feel so led, uh, I'm down here. We've got others that can come, and we can pray with you this morning. This is Paul's challenge through relationships to, to have a godly family that comes from a godly marriage, that comes from a godly walk, walking worthy of the calling to which we're called. So I pray this morning, if you need to deal with some of that, you come and we'll, we'll pray with you. So as you stand and as we pray, Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, what you do. God, you're an amazing God who does amazing things. Help us as we just cry out to you this morning to God, move in our lives like never before. Let us walk worthy of the calling to which we're called in our relationship with you, in our relationship in our marriages, and in our relationship as, as, as parents and children. God, we thank you. Move in Jesus' name. Amen. sing.
Let's give it up for Casey and coming this morning. We're excited. And it's not him, I promise you, it's not him, but 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 I, I'm thankful to, to worship with my brother this morning. He'll be back next week as well. And uh, we're excited about that. But again, just thank you. And I'm praying for you, church. God's got something big that he's doing here. I believe it with all my heart, or I would not be here. I, I really believe I really believe. And I really feel that, that he's gonna radically continue to change my heart and I and I and I, I really believe he'll do it for you too if you'll let him radically change it in a way that we're gonna do things differently we're gonna do we're gonna do things the way he wants us to do because a lot of times we get in the way so so I'm praying for that I'm praying for you pray for me pray that we as a, a group of believers will understand why we're here understand why we're here we want to reach the lost that's our goal. That's our prayer. So I want to thank you again. Thank those who came out yesterday. And uh, y'all go ahead and sit down. Y'all go ahead and sit down. Thank those who came out yesterday and helped uh, with work day. I know we ran out of a couple of things, uh, pine straw, but Ricky will probably be on that this week. He ain't got nothing else to do. I'm glad he's in the room this morning. It's awesome. Miss Carol must have said something to him. Thank you, Miss Carol. So again, uh, thank y'all for coming out yesterday. It looks great out there. Just want to continue to take care of what God's blessed us with, right? So uh, thank you for that. A couple other things this Wednesday night. Uh, it's Fields of Faith, FCA Fields of Faith at Chesty High School. If you're a student, you'll hear for about all that. I don't know how all that works. How's that? Need to be here. Thank you. Need to be here at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. We'll load them up, take them out there. There's going to be pizza, drinks, worship on a football field. It's pretty cool when you get six, 700 teenagers around and uh, start worshiping Jesus together. That's a pretty cool thing. So remember that. Obviously, there's other things in the worship bulletin. If you got that, take a look at that. Uh, backpacks the next uh, Saturday. Forward us or five to eight thirty, five to eight thirty. So that's an awesome thing. That'll be at the Long Street in town, not on Riverside Terrace, but the one over close to Big Lots. Uh, if you want to serve, obviously give a Sonny or Kirk on that. That's a cool thing. Pack those backpacks this morning, and what a what a blessing that is. Tim Bunch at Long Street, he's gonna provide a meal so we can feed them there, which is always good. And we have a meal here on the twentieth. Uh, we're looking forward to that. If you have any questions about that, see Miss Janice or. Miss Michelle, can I say that? Yeah, Miss Michelle, Miss Janice, or my wife Michelle? Miss Michelle, that sounds weird. It's just Michelle. Thank you, Rick. Rick said it's just Michelle. So, yeah, see her, and uh, we'll have a good time with that. Just excited. Thankful for you guys. I'm going to turn it over to uh, Rick Little now. He is the uh, head port person, head coach, lead point person of our uh, pastor search team. Uh, so he's got a few things to share, and if uh, at the end of everything, I'll be in the back. If if you need to come by and talk, we're glad that you guys are here. Great job. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah. Good morning. Still. All right. Uh, so a few weeks ago, a little while ago, I uh, gave you all an update that said felt like we were getting close. Um, and uh, what a what an awesome morning. First of all, talked about uh, the good news. And the goodness of God, and and man, He's been so good to us through this whole process. Uh, he's guided us uh, through a lot of struggle, um, but um, we come this morning. I'm asking, I'm going to ask that the search committee, the rest of the search committee, come up here with us this morning because I don't feel like this just needs to come from me, uh, the head coach, as Clint puts it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, we've worked. Tires tirelessly. We've we've met hours on end, 
been praying, uh, seeking, looking through resumes, beating bushes, looking for candidates. Um, and uh, the last couple weeks uh, have, been, have been really hard um, as we've continued to seek. And, uh, but it's also been a really exciting time. Wanted to share with you all that uh, we have extended a call uh, to, to a man uh, to be our next pastor. Um, and we've spent several months in communication with this individual, um, talking with them several times a week. Um, and we, we feel, we know, I believe that this is the man that's going to take airline uh, to the next level, to in the next, in the next season. And not just in the next season, but for seasons to come, we believe that. Um, and so we have extended that call to this individual, and that call has been accepted. Uh, so uh, we've got some exciting, exciting things ahead of us. Um, with that being said, uh, we are going, not going to release his name today, as he is a pastor of a church, um, and he is working uh, to get them ready for that transition. We also don't have a start date. Uh, they are in the middle of an adoption, which makes things a little tricky, and so we don't have an official start date. Um, so with that, please, uh, you know, we'll, we'll update you more often when we have more information as they find out more things, but uh, we're really, truly excited about uh, this individual and what this means for airline. Um, so be, be in prayer for them as they go through this transition, uh, their, their church where they're at, be in prayer for that church, uh, that they're about to go through the same, the same process that we, that we just went through. Um, be in prayer for their family as, uh, you know, their adoption can be a, a tricky thing and, uh, waiting on, waiting on courts and documents and signatures and stuff like that. So, um, but just please, please be in prayer, uh, and, uh. You know, as we as we get teed up for this next season, this is going to be really important for all of us to come alongside these these individuals uh, as they are uh, as they as they I don't want to say take the reins, but as they come into position, uh, they're going to need our support. Uh, so please, uh, you know, prepare your heart for that prayer. Uh, prayer for them, prayer for yourself that, you know, we're willing to, uh, to accept them and, and love on them and, and welcome them uh, as we should. So uh, thank you so much for your prayers so far, guys. Uh, just keep them coming because there's power in it. So thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, man. And let's pray real quick. Father, we love you and we thank you for today. Thank you for just this amazing time of worship, Lord. Uh, thank you for your goodness and thank you for your word. And we just ask that you uh, allow, to, allow us to implement that in our lives and, and to our children, Lord, and in our homes and then out through uh, our neighborhoods and the community, Lord. So we love you so much. Uh, we just uh, we ask that you uh, be with us throughout the rest of the week. Um, it's in your heavenly name that we pray. Amen.